Okay, so let's talk about medicinal mushrooms. And today I would like to give you some concrete examples from my practice, some actual case studies and yeah, the, to learn the clinical applications of mushrooms. Yeah, so how would we actually integrate medicinal mushrooms into a health protocol if it's for us or for somebody else? Um, yeah, which mushrooms to choose, how to choose them, how to take them and also how to combine them so they make sense uh, within a specific health protocol to really create a change in someone's health. Okay, so I hope you enjoy this episode. You can always send me your questions. Remember that it's nice to have some interaction. So this topic was also our last month's class. Uh, so I have, um, yeah, Uh, in-depth class about medicinal mushrooms where we talk about more about the different types and what they have in common, what, what are the differences, dosage, dosages, what are the beta-glucans, what are the actual uh, clinical indications for each mushroom. So if you want to go more in-depth with this topic, I have this class posted on my Kofi's. You can or just purchase the class about medicinal mushrooms or you can sign up for the membership and you can participate in the monthly classes. So there is currently one class a month and usually it's live via Zoom. So you can actually be there in person and talk to me and we have a Q&A at the end of the presentation Yeah, where we can talk to each other. You can ask me your questions and yeah, I find it always very enriching to be with you and have this kind of exchange. Okay, you find this link in the description and now let's get to our mushroom topic. Okay, so yeah, today we're not talking about weeds, so it's not, <laughs> let's dig into the weeds. Actually, I just forget, forgot to say let's dig into the weeds, but uh, then I noticed, oh yeah, we're not talking about herbs today. We are talking about mushrooms and it's a totally different thing, of course. Um, yeah, but it's in the same, you know, overarching natural health category, of course. I mean, especially in Chinese medicine, uh, they have been using these mushrooms for a very long time. Um, and uh, Yeah, they are. Um, yeah, they're very popular within Chinese medicine and make part uh, a part of yeah different health formulations often used in combination with other herbs, of course. So yeah, today this is what we're going to talk about: so to how how to combine these herbs, how to actually use them uh, in yeah the clinical applications in an actual health protocol to create some change in the health of someone. And I will give you some examples here of my clients in the way I have used these mushrooms with my clients myself. So I hope you gain some insight from that. And yeah, this was actually a question of one of my students. So hi, Cheryl. Thank you so much for this super interesting question. I really thought, yeah, I want to answer this more in depth because... Uh, this is how we learn, you know, from stories, from actual examples. I also like uh, to learn in that way. Um, yeah, so I find it really helpful you know, to look at these actual case studies and examples to to better remember and learn how we can use these mushrooms for ourselves or If we want to give health advice to others, then this would, of course, also be be helpful, I think. Okay, so, um, yeah, we have these monthly classes. Uh, the next dates are Monday, 13th of March and 17th of April. 
the one after that, but there's yeah, going to be one class each month. No matter when you listen to this, you can check the link in the description. It's the Kofi link. So you can find the mushroom class posted there that you can purchase individually, or you sign up for the monthly classes also at a very reasonable price. And you can come to the live classes and ask me your questions in the class. This is the part I enjoy most actually to yeah be with you in the live class. Of course, there will also be the recording for those who can't come uh, so the times might be of course tricky i try to yeah have students from all over the world uh, so uh, the classes are usually 10 a.m in los angeles 1 p.m new york london 6 p.m and berlin's berlin 7 p.m so i hope the time fits for you um if you want to come let me know let me know because we can also always accommodate and maybe make a change and switch it up a bit so uh, more people can come. But all the classes are going to be posted. The recording is there. And if you sign up for the membership, you also get all the past recordings. There's already a couple of classes and um, also shorter form uh, videos where I show um, certain herbs or herbal techniques, how to encapsulate your powders or how to brew up and use a certain herb in practice now, so i use these classes a bit to um you know the podcast yeah it's just the audio and you are uh, no, kind of soaking it up while you do other things no? in the classes we can focus a bit more and have some uh, photos on the slide so you can see the herbs and in the video i can also show you the herbs and how i actually prepare them and take them so i think that's helpful no? to have a bit of visual if yeah if you want to really learn some techniques techniques and get more confident in in actually actually using these herbs uh, i also i just posted um on instagram about my lion's mane mushroom a fresh lion's mane mushroom that i bought and prepared so you can check out that also if you want the the instagram is herbal.help but yeah now let's get directly to our topic uh, so last class we talked about um, several medicinal mushrooms like reishi, lion's mane, uh, turkey tail, shiitake, maitake. So they have a lot of things in common. Yeah. So first, you can relax if you're like, oh, but which mushroom should I choose? And, uh, you know, trying to do all the research and really dial it down to the perfect mushroom. Um, yeah, I also want to say you can relax. You're not going to do a big a mistake or anything yeah all of these culinary and medicinal mushrooms are beneficial to the immune system and will give you this gentle tonifying effect yeah similar to adaptogens yeah many of these um or some of these mushrooms yeah especially like reishi or cordyceps are actually in the adaptogen category yeah and we know that adaptogens yeah herbs that we call um, adaptogens are just kind of tonifying, um, you know, for for a broad, let's say, a broad benefit, yeah, to the immune system, to overall regulation of uh, our hormones, our immune system. So they work in a very broad, beneficial, tonifying way. Yeah. So I think they're very well suited for a long-term protocol. Yeah. So if I have a client, you know. And um, they have several problems like um, uh, fatigue and insomnia and digestive problems or anxiety. Um, the mushrooms, many of the mushrooms won't give us an effect like in the first month. Yeah, So they would be more long term um, and slow acting, most of them. Yeah. Um, 
So usually we use it in a combination. Yeah, We do other things to resolve and give some relief of the worst uh, symptoms that a person suffers from. But we have to, all, of course, also do the underlying uh, root cause. Yeah, We have to address the underlying root cause in a more... Uh, yeah, in a more sustainable way so that you really get these longer lasting results. Yeah, because of course I can give you an herb that just puts you to sleep. Yeah, and you sleep the whole night and um, you're going to be really happy that your insomnia is, you know, gone. And of course, this in itself is uh, the root cause of other problems. Of course, if you don't sleep, you have also during the day uh, no, trouble focusing or no, you are tired and all of that. But it is not going to re-regulate uh, automatically your circadian rhythm and really address the root cause and the regulation of your sleep cycle. Yeah, This is not what an herb like valerian or nutmeg for sleep would do. So we always have to work on these both sides Yeah, that we also think, okay, but what is the longer term approach? Yeah, so um, can we take some reishi to really balance the nervous system, or some ashwagandha, or maybe both? You know, herbs that are no, ashwagandha would be um, uh, an herb, for example, that is an adaptogen from Ayurveda. Yeah, and reishi is one of the mushrooms that is actually very adaptogen-like and also calming to the nervous system, like ashwagandha. Uh, more a calming herb and has shown in studies that it improves the circadian rhythm, the sleep cycle, uh, that people sleep better and deeper. And usually it's not you take your dose of reishi before you go to bed and then you fall asleep. No, it's more like you take your daily dose of reishi for a few weeks and maybe after three weeks or so, you will notice, oh, I'm actually sleeping better. Yeah, so this is the difference. And um, in this realm of these tonifying herbs or medicinal mushrooms or adaptogens, we have to maybe wait a bit longer for the results. It's also much harder to actually track the results. Yeah, uh, so you maybe you won't notice at first. It's hard to just you know, test it, and you know you're not taking the reishi versus you're taking the reishi because it's so slow acting and an ongoing. Uh, yeah, ongoing work uh, that happens in the body the longer you take these mushrooms that, um, yeah, it's maybe not so visible to you at first. Yeah, and this is also what I notice uh, with my clients in the protocols. I mean, sometimes I have these uh, these cases. Yeah, okay, let's, let's maybe start with this one. Yeah, so this is about cordyceps. And um, it uh, it is um, um, a woman in her early 40s. She has Hashimoto's and hypothyroid. So she was very fatigued and tired and felt like she didn't have the energy to go about her day. Yeah, So she didn't have like super, super low um, thyroid function. So it was still in a range, you know, where doctors sometimes would say, yeah, you don't have to go on the thyroid medication. Uh, not yet, you know, um, or it's your choice or yeah, maybe a really low dose. But you know, uh, it is noticeable. Yeah, even if you're, for example, the TSH, it's the most kind of simplest marker to notice if someone has this hypothyroid function. Of course, you can look at the T3 and T4 and all this. But if the TSH is like, let's say, 4, it is often in the range on your lab tests, uh, still kind of declared as in the normal range. Yeah, But it is so far away from the optimal range. I can just tell you, no one that has a TSH of 4 is feeling energetic and full of vitality and, you know, ready to go about their day. Uh, these are... Um, 
you know, the, the people with a TSH 4 or higher, yeah, they usually have symptoms that are related to this underfunction of the thyroid. Yeah, they have hair loss or weight gain, or they are tired and fatigued and their skin is dry, they have constipation. Yeah, so yeah, it's a thing no? for um, normal. Uh, normal lab tests are not always the optimal lab tests and they are sometimes just the average of a whole population um, and this is what you see on the lab test yeah so but I mean in the end you know it's actually great so this this client was not uh, you know the doctor said yeah it's fine you know just we'll we'll check it again you know but she's like hey but you know I'm still fatigued I'm still tired what can I do so of course she was turning to a more um, natural approach and she had already did we did many things we tried many things she had ashwagandha and many supplements that are beneficial for the thyroid um, but it was really at one point where she actually decided to go on a low dose of thyroid hormones and then she also started shortly after that she started taking the cordyceps mushroom and uh, she would say this was a breakthrough yeah it was really noticeable that after a few weeks of taking the cordyceps mushroom in a capsule in an extract you know like two to four capsules in in an extract something like that she noticed her energy increasing and she was like I have to get off the, the thyroid hormones, you know. I mean, she maybe wouldn't have needed them in the, fir in the first place. No? I think we could have worked with the herbs and, and mushrooms no? to, to avoid that definitely, but it was her choice. And then she noticed, oh, wow, I'm really already better. And the cordyceps was just this little missing piece uh, to the whole uh, formulation, to the whole approach, to the whole herbal protocol that she was taking. And yeah, she was very quickly off of her thyroid hormones. And I'm not saying, you know, I mean, this is really one example. Yeah. So this doesn't tell us, this is not a study of 100 people. Yeah. This doesn't tell us that you can get anyone off of their thyroid hormones in a very short time by taking cordyceps yeah not at all okay so there was were many other supplements and herbs that she was also taking there was a huge protocol for gut gut balance and regulation for you know, bowel movements and um, receding the gut flora and many other things yeah so i just want to make clear yeah it's not that one um, mushroom that you're taking that is going to shift your whole health situation around and it wasn't doing that in this case but it was a very clear um, effect of this increase of energy yeah and this is also what studies show yeah so cordyceps is one of the more energizing mushrooms yeah so you can actually also track that and they did that in studies that athletes if they take cordyceps uh, they improve their athletic performance so it has a bit a really tonifying strengthening stamina increasing um, effect yeah so this was pretty clear in this example of course it's just one example but if we match it with the studies and what the studies say and what Chinese medicine says about the traditional use of cordyce cordyceps mushrooms it all matches up yeah so cordyceps is maybe the one you know who would also do all the other good things yeah so in terms of Hashimoto's of course we had uh, and hypothyroid function of course we had this very important benefit of the cordyceps mushroom that it is immune uh, that it is um, increases energy yeah because in in this case the person was feeling fatigued and not having all the energy she wanted 
and felt tired and uh, without motivation and everything. So this was a very beneficial effect of the cordyceps. But don't forget that the cordyceps is also working on the immune system and the overall balance in the body. Yeah, And especially the immune system is at the absolute root cause in this case um, of the hypothyroid function, yeah, of the the yeah, the hypothyroidism in the case of Hashimoto's, yeah, because Hashimoto's is an autoimmune disease, yeah. So here we have this connection to the immune system. So the cordyceps mushroom, the longer that this um, client is taking the cordyceps mushroom, the the more she will also get the benefits uh, of the immune regulating effects of the cordyceps mushroom yeah and then of course over time the thyroid won't be attacked as much by the antibodies this is the definition of Hashimoto's that you have this auto antibodies that attack your own tissues and are um, yeah kind of inflaming the thyroid and destroying the thyroid over time so you would have an effect on this root cause mechanism yeah that is causing the hypothyroidism in the first place so yeah perfect for me it is yeah cordyceps would be my first choice if we have an immune related problem and if i need to strengthen this person yeah if the person complains of fatigue or or things like that yeah um then another example reishi for example so reishi is much more calming it doesn't have necessarily this immediate energizing effect But that doesn't mean, you know, I mean, it is still, it is also a, a mushroom and that is called an adaptogen. So it has also this tonifying, stamina increasing effect, but maybe in a bit more subtle way. Yeah. So it won't uh, ramp you up. No? It won't give you this um, yeah, kind of energizing effect in the moment or relatively shortly after starting to take it. Yeah, it will be a bit more on the calming side and on calming the nervous system, calming and the anxiety. And but if you think about it, you know, there is also this type of patient uh, or client that has their symptoms more on this anxiety side. Yeah, and this is also what often makes them fatigued. Yeah, I mean, also the anxiety and the insomnia and the nervousness uh, disrupts your sleep cycle. And because of not getting enough sleep or not nice, deep, refreshing sleep, you are tired the next day. Or because of all the worrying and all the anxiety, the body is slowly burning itself out. Yeah, so this can also have a very negative effect on the adrenals, on our cortisol pattern throughout the day. Yeah, that we don't have the corresponding cortisol levels yeah i mean you can't even say you know you have high cortisol or low cortisol because you have just high cortisol which is depleting the cortisol and then you crash into low cortisol and this can go several times a day up and down that at some point of the day you know someone would feel very anxious and ramped up and um, agitated so not necessarily fatigued and deflated but you know after a few hours of this state you just crash into this total depletion and exhaustion yeah so that's how even reishi you know could also be used for someone who is complaining of weakness and fatigue and you know being tired and all of that but it maybe nourishes a bit more the nervous system and has this um anxiety calming effect 
Yeah. So cordyceps and reishi are two of these mushrooms that maybe you wouldn't or definitely you wouldn't take in a culinary way. So it's not something you would throw into a soup and cook up because, yeah, maybe it's a bit on the bitter side. Also, the reishi, for example, is really hard and woody. I mean, you really need a saw to cut it in slices. So, uh Of course, this is how they, they do use it in Chinese medicine. It's always the actual herb decocted. Of course, there are also some extracts and other forms, but the main form in Chinese medicine is decoction. So I always find it interesting, you know, with all the discussions we get into uh, now about what is the right way to extract these mushrooms and does it actually work, you know, if it's extracted in that way, way or in the other way. And what about the beta glucans? Can you use the fruiting body uh, only or also the mycelium and all these questions? But, you know, it's always interesting to look back and how and see how traditionally this was you know not a problem yeah um i mean you can basically almost any herb you can just boil it up yeah we call this a decoction and in chinese medicine the standard is like a whole hour or sometimes hour and a half and with reishi it would be even longer or you would have to put this herb into a pressure cooker or something or slow cooker and really cook yeah cook it for a long, long time so you you get something out of it. It's very, very hard. So it is, of course, a big advantage to have these mushrooms in a powder form. And then you would notice, yeah, they are a bit bitter. You know, it's also not something you, if you put it into a smoothie, you might ruin the smoothie. Yeah? So I always say, yeah, the best way is sometimes to make your smoothie or whatever kind of creamy, milky, and it can be a nut milk or oat milk or whatever, Um Like some kind of base that kind of enrobes uh, a bit the the bitterness and the, the particles of the herb that you're taking. But then, you know, take a little bit of the smoothie off into a separate um, cup, put your reishi powder in, stir it, get it down, just eat it, drink it, uh, however... And then have your nice smoothie after afterwards. Yeah. So sometimes we need a little bit of a creamy base. I mean, it can be oatmeal, it can be some part of your food that you normally eat that you would think, okay, here, yeah, I can take a bit of this food just in a little cup, put my reishi powder in there, my, co my cordyceps powder, whatever I'm taking, mix it up and take it that way. Yeah. This is what I usually recommend. Um, because, yeah, with the reishi and cordyceps, I mean, you can make really nice, relatively nice tasting beverages out of it. Yeah. If you're, uh, because the dose is also pretty low. Yeah. So this is a good thing about uh, these mushrooms, for example, especially uh, reishi and cordyceps. Two grams is already a good dose, you know. <laughs> and uh, you know, it's not like the full heaping tablespoon or something. It is more like, yeah, half a teaspoon. And, and that's enough, no? like between two grams, maybe six grams, depends on the situation. Um, always start with a little and increase slowly just to make sure. So it's relatively easy. Yeah? Maybe they don't taste that great and they are not nice tasting culinary mushrooms, but you can yeah, take them in a form that it's okay because it's not too much of the powder. Yeah. So you it blends well. What I just want to say is it blends well and tastes relatively okay for most people if you put it into uh, a drink with, let's say, chocolate or coffee or a coffee substitute. Yeah, one of these uh, grain coffees like chicory root coffee or something like that. Um, 
then you could blend it up and just make a drink that is naturally bitter and the, ra the ratio of cordyceps will increase the bitterness of the drink a bit. But, you know, it's bitter anyway. Maybe you put some sweetener and you put some oat milk or something. You get this creamy taste that also covers it up perfectly. So, yeah, usually... The taking the herb with mushrooms is not so much the problem. <laughs> of course, you know um, that yeah, taking two tablespoons of ashwagandha or some other Ayurvedic herbs where the quantities are sometimes much higher, no? we're more like talking 20 grams, 30 grams, um, then you have to get really creative in how you get this down. But yeah, this is a good thing of the medicinal mushrooms. <laughs> we don't have a problem. And we also have, of course, all these extracts available. And, you know, what the extracts do is usually they take out uh, the fiber or it is a decoction that is then dried and powdered or it is, of course, some kind of a bit more industrial process. It depends totally on the extract, what they exactly do with the mushrooms. Uh, but, of course, that's also, um, yeah, something you can you can do that's easy to do. Or you could also just the natural powder, what I use actually is that I have just the ground-up reishi and the ground-up cordyceps. And I put this into a capsule. I encapsulate it myself and have my own natural capsules that I know what's in there is just 100% ground-up reishi or ground-up cordyceps, and that's it. And But I put it in a capsule so I can just take it more easily and more really consistently on a daily basis, and I don't have to think about the whatever chocolate or drink whatever drink I have to make to put it in there because well there's other herbs to take also no? so if we have some of them in, ca in capsules it can be very helpful and can make things easier to really stick with it and really just you know just taking my two reishi capsules a day and that's it and my two cordyceps in the morning and that's how I make sure I actually take them yeah so capsules and extracts are a good idea Yeah. Okay. So let's come to another some some other case studies and actual examples of integrating these mushrooms. So we have plenty of mushrooms that actually taste very good and that are medicinal, but they are also culinary mushrooms. Yeah. So for example, shiitake. Of course, we all know we have seen it fresh in the supermarket, and yep, that's a medicinal mushroom and you can buy it in the supermarket. You can fry it up. It's going to taste great. You can look up a recipe. You can, you know, put it on in a sauce, on something, on a piece of bread with something else. You know, I mean, you can do so many things with the mushrooms. You're going to find a way that you like them. Uh, maybe you have a trauma from your childhood. I know many or some children don't like mushrooms, just the squishy texture. Uh, some people just don't like it that much. But I would just say, Try different methods of preparation. I think you're going to find something that you like. Uh, sometimes my, my fresh shiitake, I just fry it in a pan, in a cast iron pan, without any oil or water added because the mushrooms, they will just soak up any other liquids that you add. Um, because, yeah, they are sponges. <laughs> That's what they actually are, in a way. So I just put them in my dry cast iron pan uh, that is a bit coated and pre prepped of course seasoned they call this but I just fry it a bit like that so I get this nice kind of um, roasty aromas uh, of the mushroom and then I add my onion and garlic and a little bit of olive oil and yeah that's the way I usually fry it up and I also always have the dried shiitake mushroom these you can buy in an Asian supermarket they have like big packs and for a good price where you can buy whole 
dried shiitake and sliced shiitake. I actually have always both because, yeah, I just need both. And I even have shiitake powder. And I also use this in soups, for example, um, and, uh, yeah, other culinary ways. Um, so, you know, the whole shiitake you can just soak and you have a base for a soup then. Yeah, I mean, this is how they make uh, their broths as a base for, you know, Japanese soups um, that they soak the shiitake mushroom or they soak the kombu alga or the dashi, the, the bonito flakes um, to flavor your broth and yeah the shiitake broth is actually really really nice and tastes really 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 good and you can even if you maybe don't want to eat this just like that you can use it and cook your rice in it or put it take it as a base for vegetable soup and will it will just give this more richer deeper umami flavor to anything you cook with it yeah so i think it's great shiitake is yeah definitely one of my favorite mushrooms but also um i mean it's also easy to buy and easy to get i mean the actual reason of course probably that i eat more shiitake than whatever maitake or um lion's mane is because i can more easily buy it yeah so the lion's mane yeah showed up recently uh, on a market and i bought it and prepared it And I made a little uh, video on Instagram. You can see it, how I fried it up. And it smelled really amazing. It is really this nice, rich umami flavor. So it's that that's why many people also call it a good meat substitute. Um, of course, you don't have to think about this in this way. Now, I mean, a, much, a lot of vegetarian food, of course, has this nice, deep flavor. But you now you have to kind of, yeah, find out now how to use ingre ingredients to create this umami flavor with a vegetarian food and mushrooms are a good way to do that yeah so i really like the fried up lion's mane i also sometimes the maitake the hen of the woods is a very nice culinary mushroom that you can just slice and fry fry up so these mushrooms taste good which is of course perfect for example um my conclusion was Yeah, if I have, let's say, a child, I had a few children with like eczema or other kind of immune, uh, yeah, asthma, eczema, um, no, immune-related issues. And then it's like, okay, so how do we get this ratio or whatever we wanted to use for the immune support? How do we make this palatable for, you know, a five-year-old child? Uh, and, you know, they are usually not willing to swallow capsules. So this will take a while. So it's like, okay, hmm. Yeah, shiitake powder. I mean, it's just perfect. Yeah, the parents could even put shiitake or maitake powder um, into a smoothie. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a savory dish necessarily, but they can also put it in the rice, in the food, in the veggies, in anything. And the child wouldn't even notice. Yeah, it is more a pleasant, mild taste that combines well with food. Yeah, so if I don't have the choice you know, to give capsules or bitter reishi mushroom, uh, for example, with children, Then I go for the shiitake. And it's not that there is like a specific thing with shiitake and eczema or shiitake and asthma, uh, asthma or any other immune condition that I might have maybe in children um, that I might see. But it's, yeah, you know, we want a gentle immune support. We want to nourish Not to give nourish and tonifying therapies, especially with children. Yeah, you you wouldn't want to give any, uh, or you know you have to really think it through really well if you give any you know, stronger herbs that have a certain effect. But you want to basically build them up and strengthen them. No? It's often this 
uh, yeah, a certain kind of weakness yeah, that shows itself in the immune system and then shows itself in the eczema, on the skin or in the asthma or in the recurring colds and flus. Yeah, this would be another area where I, where I have used the shiitake powder. Uh, now, if a child gets sick a lot and you just um, see, okay, yeah, we have to do some nourishing therapies. Uh, and um, yeah, build up the, the the immune system. So yeah, shiitake tastes amazing. Maitake also. So both powders, I mean, you can try them. You can buy them, of course, in powder form or the slices and then cook up uh, cook up the, the sliced shiitake and use the broth to prepare the, the meal and cut up the, the shiitake pieces and also throw them into the, the sauce or what you're making. So, yeah, it's always great. If you have these culinary options and herbs actually taste great, it, of course, it's, yeah, it's fantastic. Not only with, with children, but with all of us, of course, we're happy if our herbs actually taste good. Okay, so I have two more examples for you um, about turkey tail, which has these kind of cancer preventing um, studies on it that are very interesting and lion's mane which has this specific twist also for the brain and for nerve function memory so i give you two more examples how i would use these in a in a health protocol but just to go quickly back to this example uh, so if we use or if i use shiitake maitake or any mushroom in, for example, this child that we had that has eczema or asthma. Of course, this is not the only thing we're doing. Yeah, I have to say it again. Yeah, so uh, this is not not even the main thing that we're doing. Yeah, this is one gentle tonifying part of the protocol. And of course, uh, you know, with any immune um, problem like skin problems, skin issues, eczema. Yeah, we do also cooling, topical therapies. We work on the liver. We give herbs internally that reduce the skin inflammation, not only on the skin. Yeah, so it's it's usually with skin conditions, is with, no matter if it's acne or rosacea or eczema, it's not necessarily about what you put on the skin. Yeah, like finding the perfect cream that's going to make your your skin irritation go away. Yeah, it's much more work from the inside. Yeah, and taking the right supplements that strengthen the skin, taking the vitamin A, and taking your burdock root decoctions, not taking yeah some specific cooling herbs for the skin like go to cola or uh, violet leaf in Chinese medicine is a good cooling um, herb for the skin. So yeah, there's many, many options. And of course, you piece it together. Yeah, So the shiitake is one aspect and fills in the spot of this long-term tonifying, immune regulating, nourishing herb. Yeah, So this is what's its place in the protocol. But of course, uh, yeah, let's go to the turkey tail. So turkey tail has all these wonderful studies and there is also um, a kind of cancer um, medicine derived from it, uh, the PSK um, that is used for cancer prevention or treatment but in combination with other things yeah so this is also not an alone standing you know the cancer fighting thing that you can do it is used in combination with the you know whatever has to be done in a conventional sense of cancer therapies it can be used in addition to that so i have used it a few times you know if someone has a history of any type of cancer 
and you know I had one case that was not at all severe but it was kind of a recurring skin cancer uh, of a like 40 45 year old man who had this um, yeah it is it was a type of skin cancer but it was not spreading so it didn't pose any risk to its health but it always had to be removed and of course then you have a scar and you know and then a year later you get the next one I mean you want to do something about it even though it's not a cancer that is uh, spreading or no, that would create um, metastasis in the body but of course you want to yeah kind of uh, reduce it or get rid of these recurring events that you have to remove something in your face because yeah it's some time of, of cancer no? so the turkey tail doesn't have any studies directly related to skin cancer and it has very specific studies that are related to very specific types of cancer because every type of cancer is totally different yeah so i'm not sure if this would work or it would be specific but we can say yeah turkey tail is probably broadly beneficial in some way that it has a bit of a cancer fighting action nothing that would replace any you know any conventional treatment if necessary like chemotherapy or surgery or whatever but you know why not try it and um, what we can say for sure is that as all of these medicinal mushrooms have this immune boosting immune stimulating effect which is good in cancer in autoimmune disease in many occasions so yeah this would just be something that you can use you can try what i'm usually do is just like two grams of the turkey tail powder you can go up to six grams like two to six grams but you have to check at a certain time the nails can get dark from certain pigments in the in the powder so maybe you want to have a break or reduce the dose a bit if that happens but it's also nothing it is absolutely reverse reversible and not like a major side effect or anything but so the dose of all these mushrooms yeah is relatively low so so with the turkey tail maybe two grams is enough but just having this as an ongoing part of the protocol to hopefully make it less likely yeah that you have any recurrence of cancer yeah once it's already treated yeah so i personally uh yeah i do not treat cancer but of course i have clients that have had uh, treatment for cancer in the past and are now in a stable phase and they just want to maintain their health and boost their immune system make sure uh yeah everything is working in the best way possible to prevent the recurrence yeah so this is uh, a possible way to use turkey tail also just one part of the whole protocol it's not a cure all or anything yeah and the last one lion's mane mushroom so lion's mane mushroom has this interesting side in many studies and effect on the brain brain health and brain tonifying effect so this can be helpful for memory loss alzheimer having problems focusing Uh, yeah, so anything brain-related, yeah, even anxiety, nervousness, depression, which are also brain-related to a big part, yeah, it is about the nerves and uh, our brains, so it has a very tonifying, nourishing effect, nourishing effect in that sense, yeah, and usually, yeah, with lion's mane, I have also not, I've used it in many cases, yeah, if people tell me, yeah, they just can't focus and their memory is not really good, we do other things yeah there is also of course always a strong focus on the nutrition making sure are they getting their omega 3s are they getting um, enough b vitamins uh, their vitamin d and all of that magnesium yeah all of this has to be checked and probably supplemented and then of course there's 
also other herbs in the protocol yeah they could be a long-term strategy with go to cola which is a very good nerve tonic there could be a more um, symptomatic approach also adding some ginkgo or adding some yeah something that increases the acetylcholine uh, transmitter in the brain to give a more immediate effect for yeah better memory and concentration but the lion's mane can be definitely a part of that or even Uh, be the strategy yeah if uh, if a person comes with these um, yeah with these complaints about memory and concentration so yeah lion's mane also in a dose of a few grams and in capsules powder this one also tastes pretty good yeah so it is also one that you can use as a culinary mushroom if you get it fresh and um, it won't probably you know give you an, a memory boost or brain boost the minute you take it but over time taking it regularly uh, yeah there's definitely some improvement to notice yeah so all of these mushrooms are more these long-term nourishing tonifying therapies usually yeah and they have nuances to them but you know also don't get too worried about you know what's the perfect mushroom to take for you um, ah, I just want to say yeah reishi mushroom now that we're in the spring allergy season or almost approaching it Uh, for many of us who live in the northern hemisphere at least and we are yeah going into springtime i have an episode about spring allergies let me just look up the what was the number it's episode number 29 and there's also another mushroom episode episode number 32 there we also talk a bit about shaga we haven't talked about that one today so you can check out these older uh, episodes about spring allergies and the first mushroom episode that i um, posted on this podcast and yeah reishi would be a very very good one also for spring allergies yeah for hay fever for pollen allergy if you're allergic to tree pollen and grasses and all this and of course it's not that you start taking the reishi now when you already have the symptoms but you know start taking it at least four to six months before the allergy season yeah i mean you can start it now of course if that's when you hear about it you start it and do other things you can um yeah in the spring allergy episode you will find some tips about what i usually use now like the quercetin the vitamin c the b6 yeah there's a few supplements the quercetin of course you could also use nettle but i explain also in this episode why it's a bit tricky yeah so if you boil the nettle if you make a tea the heat will destroy the quercetin so usually i just use the quercetin in capsules and not nettle powder or or nettle tea but you can add it in it will still also have this immune um yeah immune tonifying effect uh, anyways but quercetin in a higher dose and really like every four hours or so i mean there are specific ways not to use these these um, supplements and to find out the right dose that works for a specific case but um yeah so and you know start taking the reishi would be a good idea of course no? but it will take a bit longer yeah but imagine you know if you take one or two capsules of reishi really for a year and longer and you know and i wouldn't even say you know then you stop it i would say yeah keep taking it no? because the benefits will just increase and add up and uh, yeah the, the the effect of on the immune system is more this long-term project yeah okay so i hope this was helpful 
Um, of course, let me know if I can do anything for you. If you want to book a health consultation, you can book a free call with me. The link is directly here in the description of the episode. But you can also send me an email first. If you want to say hi and reach out, you can go to the website, which is herbalhelp.net. Yeah, so it's herbalhelp.net. There's a contact form. You can send me an email this way or just directly to my email, Tamara at herbalhelp.net and then you can book a free call with me to talk about to find out you know um, how we could work together and what is your what is your health concern that you want to improve and uh, yeah then we meet for the first health consultation and we can work out an herbal protocol that makes sense for you Okay, yeah, let me know your questions, your ideas, your feedback. I always love hearing from you. And maybe I see you in class. Maybe you want to sign up for the classes. Then it would be nice to see you there. Okay, see you next time. Bye-bye.